the counterfeit new birth of the Catholic cult. That is the message I have for you today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Now, one of the most important teachings in the scripture is that regarding the new birth. Okay, that's talking about a person being born again of the Spirit. Okay, so I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, right off the bat, that the new birth is a spiritual birth, and it takes place through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an absolute necessity if a person desires entrance into heaven. Don't ever forget that. Okay, so we're talking about regeneration. When I talk about the new birth, about being born again, we're talking about uh, regeneration, being regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not regenerated, you're not going to be in heaven, folks. So I want to make that perfectly uh, clear uh, to you. When I was born again of the Spirit, I knew that it was time to exit the Roman Catholic Church, of which I was a, a member why? Because the spiritual light came on inside my heart. I realized I was saved, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to show you the the biblical teaching uh, regarding being born again, this new birth. I'm going to show you that it's diametrically opposed to what is taught in the Church of Rome. So I'm going to read to you now from their 1994 uh, Roman Catholic Catechism. And this is item number 12. 50. It says, born with a fallen human nature and tainted by original sin, children also have need of the new birth in baptism to be freed from the power of darkness and brought into the realm of the freedom of the children of God to which all men are called. The sheer gratuitousness of the grace of salvation is particularly manifest in infant baptism. The church and the parents would deny a child the priceless grace of becoming a child of God were they not to confer baptism shortly after birth. So uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, very clear uh, what their teaching is regarding the new birth. So they uh, believe that when a priest uh, sprinkles the water, that's what they do with infant baptism, on the head of the infant, they believe that's when they become a child of God, right there from their own teaching. Don't miss this. And and if you, if you see, they use words, they use words like the new birth, they use words like grace of salvation. So these are words you'll hear in a Christian church. But, you know, folks, the meanings uh, that they put forth are different and opposed to what the scriptures teach us. Now, keep in mind that I am speaking as a former Roman Catholic. I called it a cult there up in the title. That's what it is. It's a cult. The Roman Catholic Church is a cult. The Lord Jesus Christ saved me out of that cult. So, but this is serious business. We're talking about how a person gets saved, how a person is born again of the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. So, what the Vatican and the Catholic Church teach regarding the new birth, it is not true. And there are millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of Roman Catholics who believe that they have become a child of God when they were baptized. Uh, as an infant. In fact, many people, millions, have no idea even what their own teachings uh, say. 
they wouldn't even be able to explain uh, the things that I'm explaining to you today. They're Catholic by name, okay? Millions, hundreds of millions of them. They, they don't even understand that if they miss Mass on Sunday, it's a mortal sin. That can damn their soul. <laughs> That's the Roman Catholic system. The Catholic system will keep a person in bondage their whole life. So let me give you a scripture here from the book of Romans chapter 10. Uh, this is verses 14 uh, to 17. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Esaias, or Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So don't miss that, folks. It's talking about uh, a preacher, not a priest. You know, how shall we believe? We're talking about believing in God, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. How shall they hear without a preacher? So the word goes forth from the preacher, okay? And that's how it works. And it tells us that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. So you're preaching the gospel, you're preaching the word of God. It's true faith in Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, there are billions of precious souls throughout the world who would identify themselves as being religious or spiritual, but they've never heard, they've never believed the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So the new birth or a born-again experience is a spiritual birth, ladies and gentlemen. It takes place inside the heart. Oh, yes, it does. So if a person's not been truly born again of the Spirit, they're still dead in their sins. Now remember, verses like Romans 3.23, it tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 6.23, it tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So those are verses that show you you are a sinner. You need to get saved, folks. You, you need to be redeemed. So... I want you to know, folks, God is the only one who can place a person into the body of believers, not a man-made institution such as the Catholic Church on the earth. So the, the modern-day compromising Christian leaders, they will uh, often uh, sidestep these things. There's a big difference between um, the, the biblical new birth and the Roman Catholic new birth, but, but they, they don't pay attention to it. And it'll work in unity with that cult. And that's what's going on, folks. Many of you have been duped even by your own preachers. Even if you're Christians, you've been duped by your own pastors who work hand in hand with the Church of Rome. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 13. It says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Some good stuff there, folks. It talks about confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. I wish I would have heard this as a Roman Catholic, folks. You know, you go, you go into a Catholic church, you go to the sacrifice of the Mass, they have these set little scriptures that they have in their little books that you read every Sunday. I wasn't hearing the true preaching of the Word of God. This is what I needed to hear to get saved. Oh, yes. So this is talking about believing in the heart, confessing, calling upon the Lord. Folks, this is how, how people get saved. You know, it's cruel the way Rome withholds the, the true gospel from people, folks. It says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It tells us there's no difference between a Jew and a Greek. What does that mean? It means Jewish, Gentile, I mean, it's, there's no difference. You can go over to Israel and Irving needs the gospel as much as Lou over there in Brooklyn, okay? No matter who you are, anywhere in the world, you need Christ. This is the real deal. You're hearing it today, folks. How to get saved, the new birth, how to be born again. Hallelujah. So it tells us here, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I never heard that as a Roman Catholic. I was living in bondage, folks. Going, going to Mass, I was an altar boy, the, the sacrifice of the Mass over and over, going to confession, doing this, doing that, making my confirmation on my way to hell. Let's get real. Enough is enough. It's time to come out of that cult, folks. If you're a Roman Catholic, you know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth today. So we're talking about a spiritual transaction when we're talking about the new birth. It's not by infant baptism. That little baby, that little infant has no idea what's going on. Meanwhile, people are donating to the Catholic Church, giving an offering to the priest or whatever, thanking them as they walk out with the child to go back and have a little celebration. Meanwhile, that child has no idea what even happened. My, oh my. Jesus talked about the new birth. He was speaking to a, a Jewish rabbi. That man had the scrolls. I mean, man, the man studied the word. He was a leader. And yet he didn't know what it meant to be born again. Look at this, John 3, verses 6 to 8. Jesus said these words, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth or wishes, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I've spoken about this before. The wind, you see it blow. You don't, you don't see it blow, actually. You'll see the effects of the wind upon the trees, perhaps, and, and the swaying of the trees and, and the leaves and so on and so forth. So he said, look at the wind. Actually, he's saying, look at the effect of the wind on that tree. So the Lord said, he says, so it is with everyone who's born again of the Spirit. You see, it's an unseen birth. You don't see it, but it takes place in the heart. It has nothing to do with anything that is done in the physical, such as baptism. And that goes for adult baptism, too. 
Many people have been baptized as adults, but they were never truly born again of the Spirit. They're still dead in their sins. Oh, yes. You see? You, you know, I was baptized as an adult too, but before I went down into that baptismal tank, I was saved. I, already, I testified, in fact, in, uh, before I went into the tank. Oh, yes. Glory to God. So, folks, it's a, it's a spiritual thing that takes place in the heart before you are baptized. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, folks. So, um, look at what Peter said here in 1 Peter 1, 23 to 25. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So here's Peter. He's telling us that we're born again of the incorruptible word of God. It's, it's alive. Folks, when I got saved, I said, this word is alive. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was saying, but here it's biblical, folks. The word of God is alive. The word goes into the heart. You hear the word of God preached. You believe it and you put your faith in the Lord. That's how it works. You see? That's how people get saved. That's why people preach on the street. That's why people hand out Bible tracts. Because that word has power in it, folks. And God will take that word and anoint that word by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if it's received by the person, they will get saved when they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus said in John 6 and verse 63. He said, it is the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Glory to God. So here's Jesus saying, the words that I speak, they're spirit and they're life. When he uh, gives us the gospel, now we are ambassadors for Christ. We're preaching the word of God. The words that we speak when we're speaking uh, these words from the scriptures, the Bible, they are spirit and they are life. And, and whatever the reaction is of the individual, it's up to them. But you are bringing forth the word of God with power. You're bringing forth the word of God with the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you. And you're sowing the seed. Oh, yes, that's what you're doing. If you read about the parable of the sower, that's what it talks about, sowing the seed. Jesus said the seed is the word of God. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm sowing the seed over the airwaves. People will hear the word of God. Oh, yes. Somebody responded to the message I did yesterday and said, oh, I live in England. Look at that person lives in England. You see, they're hearing the word of God all the way in England. I don't, I don't have to get it on an airplane and try to meet that person. They're hearing the word go forth as I speak it. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome, folks? So keep that in mind. So. The baptism of a small infant by a Roman Catholic priest has absolutely nothing to do with the scriptural new birth, folks. Nothing whatsoever. So 
Uh, the Apostle Peter, he contrasted the temporary state of the mortal man, all flesh against the word of the Lord that endures forever. This word, folks, is alive. If you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you'll be reading the Bible, and maybe you've read certain passages before, but you know, one day all of a sudden you're reading the Bible and, and something lights up to you. You say, wow, I never saw that before. Because the word is alive and it's the spirit of the living God that opened up your understanding. That's the power and the word of God. Hallelujah. Keep in mind, folks, you know, this life is short, but for a moment. And, and, and I bring this forth to you today because you must be born again. Even if you're not a Catholic, you need to hear this. No matter who you are, you must be born again. If you're Jewish, you're Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, doesn't matter. You must be born again, my friend. Before you die, you must be born again. That's what Jesus would tell you. If he could walk to your home right now, he is walking through the word right now, you must be born again. You're in your sins, and you will die in your sins without Christ, without being saved, without being regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's go to John verse uh, chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see that? So, Look, look, look at that passage, folks. It says, he was in the world. The world was made by him. That's speaking of Christ. Now, when you realize, folks, you know, this is what happened to me when I was saved. This, this book lit up to me, folks. Illumination. And I'm like, what? Jesus Christ is God, folks. He came down from, he made everything. You know, and, and all of a sudden you start saying to yourself, I don't need a priest. <laughs> what, what am I going to confession uh, to, to, to a priest and, and, and the sacrifice of the mass? I don't need any of this stuff. I've been duped my whole life. I've been hoodwinked by these people. That was my reaction. That's why I left the church, folks. And if you're real, you better leave there. If you say you're born again, you should be out of there. Yesterday, my, oh my. Christ was in the world. He made the world. He came into his own, his own Jewish people. The majority of the Jewish people rejected him. That's what that's uh, speaking about there. But if you receive him, you see, you have the power to become a son, a child of God. Hallelujah. Man or woman, this is for you. So it is mind-boggling when you, when you think about the creator of all things walking in this world, folks. That's why, you know, you need to know that there's no other way of salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Everything else is religious games. Uh, you know, many people, most people during that time thought it was a, a joke that Jesus Christ would be preaching the way he preached. Many people uh, have that same opinion today. They think it's ridiculous that a man who died on the cross could be God in the flesh. It's a big joke to them. Oh, yes. So that goes on even today. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, written by the Apostle Paul. It says, And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened, together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, 
blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So, this is speaking of us before, you know, you know, Christ, we were dead in our sins. I was dead in my own sins, the uncircumcision of my own flesh. But here it tells us that God hath he quickened, he hath he quickened, that's speaking of us, that means he made us alive together with him, meaning Christ. So we're alive in Christ. Now think about that. Let me just stop there for a second. We're alive in Christ. Why do I need to go running back to the Catholic Church, to, to, to the sacrifice of the Mass, and have a Mass offered over and over for me, for my sins? It tells me here I'm, I'm alive. I'm, uh, I'm alive with Christ. He, he made me alive. He's forgiven me all my trespasses. Uh, you, you see that, folks? So this is these are some of the scriptures that lit up to me, and I realized, man, I've been hoodwinked. i got to get out of this place. They're keeping people in bondage. I was in bondage until I was 36 years old. Glory to God, you see? That, that's, that's salvation, folks. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for the cross. It tells us here, speaking of Christ, that he spoiled principalities and powers. He defeated the devil, folks. Remember that Christ is more powerful uh, than the devil. He made a show, an open show, and he triumphed over our enemies, the principalities and powers. So those words bring great comfort to us. Look at this in John 5, verses 24 and 25. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. By the way, when you see those words, verily, verily, it, it, what, that, what those words mean is most assuredly, or truly, truly, I say unto you. Jesus was, was nailing down this point. He's saying, listen, truly, I'm telling you, truly, truly, I say unto you. So when you hear him talk that way, he's making a point, folks, and you need to take heed to what he is saying. So he's saying, he that hears my word, that's the gospel. You believe on him that sent me. He's talking about Christ. He says you won't come into condemnation. He says you have already passed from death unto life. Do you see that? So you're passing from spiritual death. You're dead in your sins. You're on the way to hell. And now you put your faith in the Lord. There's a spiritual transaction that takes place. You are passing from death into life. You're being transferred into the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. That's salvation, folks. You need that. If you don't have that, you're still in darkness, just like I was until I was 36 years old. I'm talking to people, you're probably uh, nice people, uh, you know, your friends think you're nice, you, you, your family thinks you're nice, but, you know, that won't get you into heaven, folks. It won't, you know, you, you need to be saved. You need to be born again the biblical way. Folks, people were saved eons ago, back in the time of the apostles. 
Folks, that's what it means. You're born again. This is how you come into the kingdom of God. The physical baptism means zip, nada, nothing. Okay? Look at John 3, 17 to 18. Uh, this is Jesus still talking here. He says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, listen, might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Right from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. Now, you, you, you let this go, folks, and just don't receive it. Well, I don't know what to say to you. He's telling you that he came into this world. He didn't come to condemn you, folks. But he came to save, that the world through him might be saved. See, through him, not through your church, not through Mary, not through Saint uh, Aloysius or Saint this or Saint that, through him, through Christ. That's how you get saved. And he makes it clear. He says, you believe on him, you're not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. So if you, if you ignore this and say, I don't want to hear it, you're, you're, that's okay. You, you have free will. You're condemned already. You're, you're, you will remain in your sins. So you can do whatever you want in this life. It doesn't matter. When you die, you will simply die in your sins. That's, that's what this is talking about. You're condemned already. And the reason being, you've not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So how powerful is this gospel, folks? It's very powerful. It's the words of life, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, written by that Jewish apostle Paul. The man was a wretch on his way to hell, just like everyone else, just like me. Then he got saved. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So a person, here you are, you're on the way to hell, you're a wretch, you realize I'm a sinner, I need to get saved. You put your faith in the Lord, God saves you, regenerates you, you're cleansed by the blood that, that he shed for you. You're now a new creature, a new creation in Christ, not in Mary, not in the Catholic Church, not by way of sacraments. That sacramentalism can do nothing to save you, okay? You become a new creation in Jesus Christ. It's by faith, simple faith, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you need, young or old, simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, you know, the Apostle Paul, as I said, he was a religious man, and he had his scrolls, he had the scriptures, but he just happened to be lost and on the way to hell till the Lord dramatically saved him. Read that in the book of Acts chapter 9. Read his story, how he got saved. So, you know, the devil wants to keep the truth from you, folks. He wants to keep the truth of God's word from you. Uh, Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. He said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So this is talking about the God of this world. Who is that talking about? That's the devil. So the, the devil, he's the God of this world. You know, most, the majority of people in this world serve him, by the way. So he keeps their minds blinded, okay? He keeps their minds blinded. 
and it's it's hiding the gospel that can save their soul. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, so folks, if you don't know the Lord, there's a good chance you've been blinded your whole life. Oh, yes. You know, I brought up in the past, you know, one time I was street preaching in Times Square, and it was a lady, uh, probably middle-aged, maybe 40s, 50s, I don't know. You know, she's feet from me. You know, here I am with a microphone preaching the gospel, and she gives me one of those, like, cuckoo signs, you know, how you spin your finger next to your head. I, I said to myself, you know, I said, if you were to do that with probably with, with the Muslims, I, she'd probably never attempt that, okay? But but people, you see, you, you, you're preaching a beautiful word of God, and here they are in the middle of, of, of these thousands of people in New York City, probably going to a Broadway show, whatever, going out to dinner, but to make the cuckoo sign, you see? I didn't have animosity toward her, but it shows me that she has her mind blinded by the God of this world. Otherwise, she'd never do something like that. You see, they're, they're lost souls. The world is filled with billions upon billions of people who have their mind blinded by the God of this world. That is why the gospel is preached, because the seed is sown. It's up to the individual as to whether they receive the word of God or whether they don't. So don't miss that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why the lady did the cuckoo sign, because the gospel was foolishness unto her. She was the natural person, in the natural. She had not the spirit of the living God. She could not discern that what I was telling her was the truth, seeking that she would be saved, that she would repent of her sins, you see? So she represents uh, hundreds of millions, really billions of people who think the same way that she did. So... um. That's what you need to know. Romans 8, 15 to 16, it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you're born again, folks, you have a witness inside your heart. It's the Holy Spirit bearing witness, Okay. The Spirit's bearing witness with our own spirit that we are the children of God. I never had any peace growing up as a Catholic, going to confession to your priest, and did I confess all my sins? How many more masses I got to go to? Then they teach about purgatory. Uncle Marty, Aunt Mary, they're in purgatory. We could offer up another sacrifice of the mass for them, hopefully to get out. Make-believe stuff. It's bondage. It's a cult. So they keep people in their little cult. They have their priest. You got to go to your priest to confess your sins. You got to you got to go get uh, go get a mass card for your aunts and your uncles and your relatives and make a donation. We'll 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 offer some more masses uh, up for them. Never they never tell you how many more masses you got to offer. So think of the billions of dollars that comes in to the Roman Catholic Church through stuff like that. It's a cult. I'm telling you flat out, it's a cult. Thank God that the Lord saved me out of that cult. So, so when you're born again, folks, the spirit of the living God will bear witness. Do you have that witness today? I'm bringing this be, uh, before you today because I love you. I want you to hear the truth. I want you to get saved. 
Get yourself a Bible. Read the Gospel of John. Read the book of Romans. Get, get before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be saved. He'll open that scripture, uh, the scriptures to you folks. Don't put it off. This is real. This is serious, folks. Uh, the Bible says this in Titus 3, 5, and 6, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that's Titus chapter 3, verses 5 uh, to 6. I know many of you people don't understand when, when I say something like that. So when I say Titus, that's the name of the book. You can open the contents uh, at the beginning of the Bible. 3 means chapter 3, and then 5 to 6 that would be verses five and six. So it's not that hard. We all got to start somewhere, folks. You know, I remember as a new Christian, I'd be in church and people be flipping through those pages so quick. And yeah, I felt like a nerd. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know where to turn. <laughs> but but thank God, God is merciful, folks. So no matter who you are, uh, salvation is a gift. Salvation is free. Christ paid for your sins upon the cross. He laid down his life for you so that you might be saved. I encourage you to put your faith in him before it is too late because you are a sinner. Oh yes, you are a sinner. You need to be saved. You need those sins to be forgiven and he's just the one that is going to do that for you. So if you're in the cult of the Roman Catholic Church, folks, if you're still running to your priest, confessing your sins, going to mass, worrying about where you're going to spend eternity, listen to what you heard today. Play this message over and over again. When you get saved, folks, start telling others what I told you today, folks. I'm going to leave it right there. You be blessed and have a great day.